The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Summer camp is a magic place where kids discover who they are because they have the freedom to explore on their own. Why Camp at Horse Thief Reservoir is a sleepaway camp in the heart of Idaho's wilderness. Each summer, campers make friends, build new skills, and learn to love the outdoors through activities like canoeing, archery, zip lining, rock climbing, campfires, and more. Registration for Y Camp at Horse Thief Reservoir is open. Financial assistance is available. Learn more at ycampidaho.org. Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. Today, we're going to talk about how focusing on the processes and methods behind the work of marketing can help marketers be more effective and get better results. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Shafkat Islam, General Manager at Optimizely. Shafkat, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Exciting, exciting to be here. Yeah, looking forward to talking about this, uh, this topic with you. Uh, why don't we get started by uh, you giving a little background on yourself as well as your current role at Optimizely. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my background is I've spent most of my adult life building products for marketers and marketing teams. Prior to joining Optimizely, I was the CEO and founder of a company called Welcome. Uh, we were a content marketing platform that Optimizely acquired about a year ago. Um, so I'm still the general manager of Welcome. I recently took on a new role actually at Optimizely. I'm the CMO here as well. So I kind of wear multiple hats within within the company. Great, great. Well, let's let's get going here. So the, the first topic I wanted to talk about is something that may get less attention in some marketing circles, but I found it to be vital uh, in, in my work with, with organizations. It's the idea that we should be focused on optimizing and streamlining the work about work that goes on so often in the marketing profession. So while the results of a campaign or marketing initiative get a lot of attention from leaders and others in an org, what are some of the reasons that the work about work is often overlooked and what's the cost of doing so? Yeah, this is actually a topic that I'm very personally like passionate about. Yeah. Um, you know, to your point, I think a lot of the focus for marketing leaders is around the customer experience. So the stuff that our customers see and touch and feel and every single day. 
But kind of one of my beliefs and our, our company beliefs is that that customer experience, it's hard to deliver something that's truly exceptional or flawless or really integrated if the way that the marketing team works internally is fragmented, right? So an in like a fragmented or disjointed or siloed internal marketer experience, the way we work together as marketing teams, if that's broken, we believe that's going to result in a very subpar and kind of fragmented external customer experience. And so it's an area that doesn't get as much attention because, you know, to your point, it's all about like what our customers see. But we think, you know, a better marketer experience coupled with an amazing customer experience, that's really where like a lot of the magic happens. And when it comes to like work about work, I always use that expression, you know, and what that means is really like if you think about marketers, we're all creative. We love being creative and coming up with great ideas around campaigns or content. But the reality is that as marketers, we spend so much of our time and so much of our day doing that work about work, sitting in meetings, updating spreadsheets, sending emails back and forth, updating people via Teams, it, it, making PowerPoint decks to like communicate the plan. It's just stuff that's not actual marketing. And so, you know, I always thought that if we can free up marketers from doing that work about work, what we allow them to do is kind of flourish and thrive and be the best versions of themselves and be creative and frankly, do their best work. And that's really why we want to limit that work about work. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, to your point, it's not just leaders that can kind of gloss over this stuff or, or be focused on some of those other metrics we mentioned, right? So, you know, many well-meaning marketers not only overlook some of these things, but also get stuck in their ways and, and be resistant to change, even if that change might end up being for the better. How have you seen change happen in a positive way in this regard? Yeah, well, I think the first thing is like the leaders have to acknowledge that there's a lot of this work about work happening and it creates a lot of inefficiencies. It also creates like burnout, I think, amongst the team. So, so leaders have to first acknowledge kind of what's happening within their organizations. And I think also there's kind of like onus on the marketers themselves to actually raise their hand and say, hey, maybe there's a different and better way of working. I think it, it, within marketing itself, we've kind of unintentionally created silos just because of the way marketing teams have traditionally been organized. Like if you think, if you take any marketing team, I can almost guarantee they're kind of organized by channel. Like there's an email marketing team, there's a social team, there's a PR team, there's a comms team, there's a campaign team. And then we almost create unintentionally like competition within these teams because they may all have different KPIs, they have different goals. And so a lot of this stems from kind of the way the teams are set up. And, and I'm not saying like, oh, we need to now restructure and reorganize the teams. I think we just have to provide a way, whether it's through software, that's the, one of the solutions I know, but also there's different ways of working, different ways to motivate, different ways to set goals, where the teams really do feel empowered to work together in a, in a truly integrated way, break down those silos. And, and I think only then will we deliver on a better customer experience externally. And, you know, when it comes to software, you don't need to use a product that, you know, 
a CMP, like a content marketing platform. That that's a product that I know because I've you know spent most of my life building <laughs> that that type of product. Yeah. But ultimately, whatever tool you use, I think there is ways to solve this problem of just increasing collaboration. Uh, I think increasing visibility. I think these are all things that can be done through software, but also just through acknowledging that we need to get better every single day um, in solving these problems. Yeah, yeah, agreed. But yeah, to to go down that path of of software, while you, while, while you brought that up, uh, you know, as, as I mentioned, and you mentioned at the top of the show, uh, you were CEO at Welcome, which was acquired by Optimizely. And, you know, it does, that platform does really address some of the things that we've been talking about. Sure. Uh, just for the benefit of the um, of the audience, can you talk a little bit about what the product does and how it might complement the rest of the tools that Optimizely provides? You know, at the, the at the highest level, we always talk about like a CMP. The goal is to orchestrate a better marketer experience and a better content experience. And and the reason why it's called the CMP, a content marketing platform, is you know content is the connective tissue of all marketing, right? Like what whatever marketing team you're on, whether you're creating an email or a social post or comms, like you're creating some sort of content, even like a physical events team, it's just content that happens to be on a stage. And so what this, what a CMP does, it allows you to do all of your planning. So like your entire marketing plan can be created and managed in a tool that everyone has access to versus a spreadsheet that you're emailing back and forth or it's downloaded on someone's desktop and it's not up to date. You know, as soon as you put something into a spreadsheet, it's basically out of date. So, right. so a better, a better planning experience, a better calendaring experience. And that really solves the problem of visibility because the first, first way you break down silos is people need to know what's going on in, in marketing. Both the CMO needs to know, but you know, if you're working on an email campaign, it obviously behooves you to know what the social team's working on or what the campaign team's working on. So a, a big part of the capabilities of CMP is really around planning, calendaring, visibility. But then once you have a plan, you need to start executing on that plan, right? And so the execution piece of it really comes down to workflows and how you work together between teams, between different people within an organization. So you know, someone may come up with a brief, someone else may start creating copy or content, someone needs to approve it, and maybe the social team needs to take that piece of content and create social assets off the back of that. And you can do all of that through like integrated workflows. So you move seamlessly from planning to execution, you can create all the content, again, provide visibility so people can see, you know, what content is coming down the pipe, and you can collaborate on that content. And then we push all of that content to any downstream channel and allow you to measure it. So th- those are some of the kind of high level capabilities of, of, of a CMP. We, we have an integrated DAM, so a digital asset management store. So all your content assets are stored in the same place where you're working so that mm. you know, if you need to reuse or repurpose content, it's all right there. So yeah. I think the ultimate goal we, is really just orchestrating uh, that content experience. But also we do that by helping you streamline that marketer experience and how the teams work together. Before we continue, I'd like to introduce you to a sponsor of the show, Basecamp. Throughout my career, whether it was at my own agency or now as a consultant, Basecamp is what we rely on to help keep projects on track, on schedule, and on budget. 
It takes a straightforward approach to project management. It streamlines workflow management and definitely keeps the team in the loop and on top of ongoing updates, which all are major components in a smooth running operation. No matter if it's a simple campaign or a multi-million dollar project, Basecamp has been a key ingredient in the recipe for a successful project and business. If you're struggling with projects, sign up for Basecamp. Their pricing is simple and they give you all their features in a single plan. No upsells, no upgrades. Go to Basecamp.com Agile, that's Basecamp.com A-G-I-L-E, and try Basecamp for free. No credit card required and cancel anytime. Thank you, Basecamp, for sponsoring this episode. Now let's get back to the show. So, you know, most marketers that I know, you know, they love to measure the results of their campaigns, their initiatives, as we were kind of talking about earlier, though they're not always measuring internal work in the same way, even if they're wanting to be more efficient and things like that. So what are some of the metrics or ways that marketers can measure their ability and, and much like they might be doing for those external metrics, you know, improve their effectiveness at this work about work? Yeah. Uh, for, first, maybe let's talk about why this even matters. Like, why is this so important? Yeah. Uh, if you think about any marketing team and the budget, let's just take even Optimize as a CMO, like we have a pretty massive marketing budget. Uh, it's tens of millions of dollars. Of that, like half of my budget is people, right? And so if I can make my team, you know, five or 10% more efficient or effective, like that's a very material improvement uh, that can be be measured. Like that's why all of this matters. And like, how do we measure that? I mean, there's a lot of different KPIs. A very simple one could be just like the velocity of content or campaigns that we get out the door. Like, can we do, can we create more content or get more campaigns out the door without increasing team size or resources? That's, that's one example. But in, in some cases, you may not need more content. You may just need better content, right? So if we can streamline and collaborate better, the content can be better. We can also repurpose and reuse content or assets that already exist. And so that's that KPI could be just around measuring waste or kind of reuse. There's a lot of waste within marketing organizations. I think some that there's various stats, but I think like 70% of the content that a marketing team creates like never sees the light of day or never gets wow. used. Yeah. And so even things like how much are we repurposing? Can we reduce the amount of content that just gets, you know, sits on a website and doesn't get any traffic? Those are things that can be very easily measured. Then obviously you can measure just things like just workflows and revisions. Like how many revisions does something take if you're doing it the old manual way? Like how much time does it take, you know, to get a blog post out the door? Can we, can we be, can we do it twice as fast? Even if we're not creating twice as much content, if we can reduce the amount of time that we spend, we free up more of our time to be thoughtful or strategic or think about like the goals. Uh, maybe we put more of our effort into the briefing process up front, right? So we're not wasting as much time afterwards kind of revisiting and revising like, hey, why did we even create this in the first place? So those are the, the, a lot of the ways we measure the effectiveness of, you know, re the reduction of, of work about work. Yeah, yeah. And so additionally, a lot of organizations are going through some kind of transformation, replatforming, integrations. I know, you know, some of the organizations I work with in the, you know, Fortune 1000 space doing a lot of work on 
how are we going to personalize personalize our experiences which therefore means more content variations need to get created all all of yeah. these kinds of things that create more work and more uh variations so on and so forth what's important for these marketing teams to understand and consider about their processes before they start implementing these new platforms or integrations or or, or the like yeah you actually kind of brought up two interesting points there one is just around too many products or too many disparate platforms and the need to consolidate and then personalization is, is a second point. So maybe I'll address each one. Sure. On the first point, the the economy is very different today than it was one or two years ago, right? So everyone from the CEO to the CFO is asking the question, like, how do we consolidate? How do we have fewer tools? How do we reduce marketing spend on software? So I think having an integrated suite of capabilities is more important now than ever before because of the TCO, like the total cost of ownership and being able to reduce like the software spend that a lot of marketing teams have. But it's not just like a financial benefit. I go back to the point of like the marketer experience. I think a marketer also doesn't want to switch between five different tools to get the job done, right? So I think it benefits everyone to reduce the number of products that they have to kind of swivel between constantly. In fact, that's one of the, the reasons why the acquisition happened because we, we being me and Alex Atzberger, our, our CEO at Optimize, we just realized that, you know, by bringing together a set of capabilities or a suite of capabilities, and, and we basically have three solution areas. We have kind of orchestrate, which is uh, what, what I talked about, like the ability to orchestrate better content experiences. That's our CMP or DAM, but we also have a CMS, a world-leading content management system. So that's one solution area. Another solution area is experiment. So being able to experiment and personalize every customer touchpoint, which, which I'll get to in a second. We have a third called monetize, which is being able to monetize every digital interaction. So we have a bunch of commerce products, right? And we bring all of this together under a DXP umbrella Again, both to reduce the total cost of ownership, but also make it easier for marketers to get their work done. Because if you're going to create content, it totally makes sense to be able to easily publish it to a CMS. Then it makes sense to be able to personalize it and maybe run some experiments on it or A-B test it. And being able to do all of that in one one product makes a lot of sense. Um, So that was kind of why the acquisition happened in the first place. And I think we've done a good job bringing it all together. On the experiment side, kind of you asked the question around, you mentioned personalization and personalization is is hard uh, and it's harder because it requires a high velocity and, and it, you need to have enough content to be able to personalize, right? And right, hence right. why those two parts of our kind of product portfolio um, make a lot of sense. And to me, like, I think of personalization and experimentation as the natural kind of next step beyond the content orchestration, right? So it's 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 great that we can help your team work better together and create content and publish it. But where it really gets interesting is when we can help you as a customer, as a marketer or product owner, like both personalize and then run experiments on on that content or those kind of digital experiences. Yeah, yeah. And so to lead, leading from that, I wanted to talk a little bit more about experimentation uh, as well and, you know, how there 
I don't think there's such a thing as a failed experiment if you learn from it and if you approach it correctly and, and with the right mindset. So first, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear, you know, do you agree with that? And, and you know, what's what's what are your thoughts yeah. on the, the right mindset for experimentation? I love that you believe that because I thought that was like something we believe and wrote down and sent to you because I thousand percent agree. <laughs> I, I probably read that from something you wrote as well for what it's worth but yeah <laughs> no but but it's so uh i mean transparently experimentation is is a new world to me like i've been deep in it for the last year prior to that i was really focused on everything that happens before content hits the website or hits the final destination that a customer sees yeah. right all the planning the creation the publishing all of that but then what i realized when i came here is like you know, we need to be able to bridge and balance like the creative side with science. So balancing creativity with science, I think is the, is the way we optimize all of these digital experiences. And when it comes to experimentation, first of all, I think we need to be testing everything. That's just my belief, whether it's content, whether it's the website, and it's not just like buttons or the color of a button, it's everything, right? Like the copy, the language, the headline, the themes, the topics that we write about, what personas we like, everything can be tested. And that's like, we have the capabilities and the tools and technology now to do that. I don't think, I don't think the limiting factor, like why don't marketing teams do more experimentation? I don't think the limiting factor is tools or software to be totally right. clear. I think it's kind of something that you're, you're addressing with, with your comments around, you know, there's no such thing as failure. I agree. I don't think there's a such thing as a failed experiment. I think every failed experiment is just, it's actually a winning experiment. You just in, but in a different way, because it, you win because you learn, not necessarily because the experiment was a kind of winner statistically. So yeah. to me, it's just winners or learning and not winning and losing, um, which is kind of what you're, you're talking about. And I think to do that though, it re- you really need a culture of experimentation. And that's something that I'm very passionate about is like, how do we help marketing teams create this culture of experimentation that permeates through the whole organization? I think that's like the first step before you start implementing tools like Optimizely to actually run your tests. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I, w- I wanted to ask you exactly about that as well. And, you know, I've, I've in my career, I've worked with, I would say some uh, fairly risk averse uh, mm-hmm. industries, you know, financial services, healthcare, some others certainly worked with several that are less risk averse, but any large organization, there's a reason why they grow large and, and they scale in certain ways. And so there, there's a bit of risk aversion regardless, but, you know, to, to your point, if, if we can't really learn and we can't really succeed, if we don't try some things that may not be, a hundred percent successful, you know, w- what are some ways that you've seen that have been successful to get, get others to overcome some of this reluctance to experiment? Well, first of all, it needs to be like a business priority. And that, I think it starts with like the CEO of the company yeah. needs to really believe that experimentation works and experimentation matters. You know, there's a great quote from Amazon, from Jeff Bezos. He's like, the success of Amazon is predicated on the number of experiments we run every day, every week, every month. And so the leader has to believe that experimentation is not just like 
a thing that a small team does on to the side to like a b test again like buttons or yeah. a headline it's <laughs> it's like how you build a great business because you never know where you're gonna great get a great outcome uh, and you know I use a sports analogy to sometimes describe this in baseball you'll take you take swings um and you know that people say well you can never hit a home run unless you're willing to step up to the plate and take a swing but in baseball you're capped at you know, four runs. If you hit a home run, you get four runs. But in business, it, like you can hit a home run and get a thousand runs, right? Or 10,000 runs because the the upside is is unlimited. If Again, going back to the Amazon example, someone someday had an idea like, oh, maybe we should take some of our spare server capacity and maybe sell it to other customers. And that was a crazy bet and they tested it. It was an experiment and that that led to the formation of Amazon Web Services, which independently is like one of the biggest right. companies in the world. And it's a subset of Amazon. Right. Um, and so I think the business owners need to realize like experimentation is is the way you innovate, come up with new business ideas. And it shouldn't just be limited to like a thing that happens within a marketing team or within a product team. So I think that's like the first step. Yeah, that's great. Well, um, thanks so much for joining the show. I've got one last question before we wrap up. Uh, kind of going back to the first topic we were talking about, the the work about work. Uh, what's a piece of advice that you'd have for marketers that you know they don't feel like they're working as well as they could be, being as efficient as they could be as they navigate the months ahead? I always talk about this idea of going back to first principles or, you know, maybe some people use the words like just starting with the blank slate. And yeah. I, I think there's always an opportunity to do that. And I'll tell you, like when I when I took over as the CMO here, the first thing I asked was like, what if we just stopped doing all the things we're doing now? What if we just stopped all marketing? What would happen? Right. And, and the honest answer is, I'm not sure like all of a sudden all of our pipeline would go away and our prospects would go like. I'm not sure there would be a massive impact. And it's a very, it's a kind of a crazy idea, a crazy thought. And some people may be like insulted by it, <laughs> but I actually think it's a very freeing thought that, Hey, we can just start from a blank slate yeah. and wipe away all the things that we used to do just because we got accustomed to doing it. Right. There's all these marketing activities that we do and campaigns that we run and webinars. And we go to these events because it just feels like, Oh, we should be doing all of those things. So, I always tell marketers, whether you're someone who's an individual contributor, I don't know, creating content, or if you're a CMO, just like take a fresh look and almost start from scratch and say, like, if we were going to revisit and restart and think about the ICP and the persona that we're trying to reach, what kind of marketing would we do? What kind of content would we create? What kind of campaigns, events, et cetera, without being kind of held hostage to the ways of doing it in the past. And to me, that's like a really freeing and maybe exciting. And maybe it's a thought experiment or maybe it's something you actually do in your marketing team. But I, I always would recommend that as like maybe an option as you navigate the next, you know, six to 12 months. Yeah, I, I love that. Uh, I, think that I think that's great advice. Well, again, I'd like to thank Shafkat Islam, Chief Marketing Officer and General Manager at Optimizely for joining the show. You can learn more about Shafkat and Optimizely by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast. 
brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.